Thank you for supporting Daily Tech Headlines directly. Now begins your ad-free episode. I'm Sarah Lane, and these are the tech headlines for the week starting January 27th. The Vine successor Byte launched on iOS and Android on Friday. The app was created by Vine's co-founder Don Hoffman and lets users upload and share six-second looping videos. At launch, the interface offers a main feed, explore page, notifications, and profiles. Byte plans to launch a pilot partner program soon to provide popular users a way to make money, something that Hoffman claims will differentiate the service from TikTok and Snapchat. Google is changing its newly created presentation of paid search results on the desktop. The company had changed the paid results to look just like regular results, but with an ad icon in the upper left-hand corner where a publisher's favicon would otherwise go. In a tweet, Google said, quote, We've heard your feedback about the update. We always want to make search better, so we're going to experiment with new placements for favicons. The test will try different placements of the icons. In response to a San Francisco Chronicle investigation, Grubhub stated it began adding some restaurants to its sites for delivery without a formal agreement from the restaurant. These are usually high-demand restaurants, and in these instances, Grubhub sends somebody to the restaurant to place the order with a driver coming for delivery. Grubhub did state that it partners with over 140,000 restaurants and that most listings are with explicit partners. Restaurant owners say in these cases, Grubhub often has inaccurate or out-of-date listings and prices. UK ministers on the National Security Council agreed the National Cybersecurity Center should issue guidance that high-risk vendors should be excluded from the core of telecom operations, and no high-risk vendor should make up more than 35% of the edge access network, like phone masts. In addition, high-risk vendors would be barred from sensitive locations like nuclear sites and military bases, as well as any critical national infrastructure. The NCSC does not keep an exhaustive list of high-risk vendors, but why Huawei is considered one of them. Huawei has more than 35% of the equipment in UK access networks. Telcos have three years to modify their implementations to reach the recommended levels. The guidance has been issued to telecoms, but Parliament will need to enact legislation to implement the guidance as law. Facebook made its off-Facebook activity tool available to all 2 billion-plus members, which shows 180 days of data that Facebook collects from code used by non-Facebook sites to serve ads or offer Facebook interactivity such as likes or embedded posts. You can see how Facebook received information, such as whether you logged in using Facebook or did a search, and you can disconnect the third party from accessing your Facebook data with a clear history button, although any data it has already collected won't be affected. It also isn't the setting that will stop the third party from collecting data in the future. That's in a different section of settings. Over the next two weeks, Facebook plans to prompt all users to review those settings in the privacy checkup tool. The information sources say that Google may unify its existing communication services into a workplace-oriented app to compete with Slack and Microsoft Teams. The unified app is said to include Gmail messaging and the company's two Hangout apps, Hangouts Chat and Hangouts Meet, plus Drive Access, so Teams can share content more easily, all offered as part of G Suite. The United States Interior Department officials plan to formally adopt a no-fly rule for all non-emergency uses of drones while it assesses them for security risks. Interior officials say that all of the department's roughly 800 drones are made in China or have Chinese parts, and it temporarily grounded its fleet last year over concerns that the devices could be used for espionage. 
Interior Secretary David Bernhardt told the Wall Street Journal that his department will grant exceptions for training flights, tracking wildfires, and in emergencies where human safety or property damage are at risk, such as search and rescue operations. Bitmoji TV will launch on Snapchat February 1st. The new offering will have its own Snapchat show page that users can subscribe to, with new episodes showing up on the Discover page. Content will feature the Bitmoji avatar of users as the protagonist and the last person they interacted with on Snapchat as their co-star. User avatars are silent while friends will be voiced. Shows are designed to be PG-13 rated with mild violence and bleeped out swearing. Content for the first season was written and directed by Bitmoji co-founder and CEO Bob Blastock. Snap says that 70% of its 210 million daily active users have created a Bitmoji avatar. Assistant Attorney General for the U.S. Justice Department Civil Division, Jody Hunt, announced its first-ever enforcement actions against two groups that facilitated hundreds of millions of robocalls per month. The department is seeking court approval to stop the organizations from operating, which include two Arizona-based companies, TollFreeDeals.com, SIP Retail, and their owner-operators, plus New York defendants, Global Voicecom, Global Telecommunication Services, KIT Telecom, and their owner-operator. The DOJ says the companies serve gateways for fraudulent call operators and get paid for facilitating the calls and then passing them into the regular U.S. telecommunications network using digital voice over IP technology. The European Parliament voted 582 to 40 in favor of the resolution on a common charger for mobile radio equipment. Lawmakers now have until July to adopt an act related to the Charger Harmonization Directive from 2014 or introduce a similar legislative measure. The resolution hopes the adoption of a common charger will cut down on e-waste and warns against fragmentation in the wireless charging space as well. And finally, Apple's WebKit team published a proposal on GitHub to standardize the format of a one-time passcode sent over SMS used in two-factor authentication. The format would send a two-line SMS, one for human verification with the code and also the confirmation of what website sent it. The second line would have the site URL and the code preceded by a pound sign. The goal is to have browsers and messaging apps recognize the domain automatically from the message, then extract the code to complete the login without user interaction. The proposal claims that feedback from Google has been positive, with Google product manager Steven Sonneff and software engineer Sam Goto providing feedback in development. For more discussion of the tech news of the day, subscribe to dailytechnewsshow.com. You can find show notes and links to all headlines there as well. I'm Sarah Lane. Thank you for listening. Have a nice weekend. Talk to you next time.